everyone, um, and welcome to the Economic Development Subcommittee meeting for April 13th. I'd like to call the meeting to order. We are up on the third floor of the training room in the town hall. If you want to come in and, and uh, see us, we, uh, Councillor Frangillo, I think might zoom in, but he is not here right now with us. So we have Councillor Sheridan and Councillor Jones. Um, all citizens are welcome to attend public board and committee meetings in person. Additionally, in an effort to maximize citizen engagement opportunities, citizens will be able to continue to participate remotely or via phone or Zoom. So if you go to the people out there, they've already clicked on the Zoom link. So um, if you want to call in, you can call one 929 205-6099. The meeting ID number is 878-256-24489 and then press pound. I'd like to let people know that this meeting is being recorded and since we are a subcommittee of the town council open the up under open meeting law, the subcommittee is a separate public body. Therefore, unless the town council is fully noticed of this full meeting, uh, councilors who are not members of the subcommittee will not be permitted to speak. Okay, let's start the agenda. We are going to talk about downtown traffic and parking improvements first, um, and then move on to the uh, main corridor parking and. Um, Lieutenant Riley and Chief Lynch are here with us tonight. And Jamie, do you want to start? Or okay, Jamie, take it away. Thanks, Madam Chair. And um, Alicia just alerted me. Uh, Councilor Frangillo just jumped on. Oh, okay. Uh, as so, we're talking. Great. Kobe's uh, with us on on Zoom. So uh, really quickly, as outlined in the memo that was in the packet, um, the uh, for the uh, West Street related neighborhood. Uh, and talking with staff um, and going through a lot of options and doing a lot of research over several years. We've identified at least a couple of issues that should help uh, remedy the situation. Uh, number one, we've identified uh, some areas that are, are frequent areas where uh, illegal parking takes place and they're in some spaces that I've included in the packet just as a sample of three or four intersections where there's clearly enough room between uh, the line space and the crosswalk. There are no parking signs as regulated by uh, general state and federal standards of no parking from here to the curb, but those areas are very enticing for people to want to park in because you can get a full car easily in those areas <laughs> and also not block anything really uh, at all. And I did ask the DPW, um, if they had, uh, if they were able to stripe that area at a slant with some striping to make it obvious uh, that you know you're in parking in an area where there's no allowed cars to be, uh, and they did agree that they thought that idea uh, would at least uh, alert folks who just are either blowing off the signs, not paying attention. Um, there was a request at one point to put more signage, and we did go down and look, and and there's just signs virtually everywhere where no parking can hit a curb. So obviously that's not working. I don't think bigger signs is gonna work. Uh, and so we devised this idea of striping at a kind of triangular kind of uh, fashion. Okay. Um, that doesn't take any uh, action by the council. That's something uh, that we can just do if, uh, if the subcommittee and the council feel 
uh, the debt supply is at its depth. And then second, the last page in the packet uh, that was just added in front of you, uh, which is an appendix to our town code, a draft. Um, the second is like the, it's like the third, the third page. So there's a list of copies there. Um, uh, we have in here a series of parking fines and as we've discussed at numerous meetings before, um, trying to address the, uh, the $15, um, um, where the unauthorized parking um, uh, was the issue. Mm -hmm. I will say on this sheet, uh, the original fee is $15. Right. And uh, actually, it says 50, but um, we did do an analysis, uh, uh, the police did, and they went through, actually, and they scoped out about 12 to 15 towns worth of ticket books mm -hmm. to look at comparable fines mm -hmm. and violations of And surprisingly, a couple things came to, to light. One, we had not, as a community, ever looked at this appendix in over 20 years. Uh, and so as the police normally do, they went above and beyond the task that was asked. Um, and then they went and looked at the market, and these rates here um, do reflect, uh, you know, probably a, a little slightly on the higher side of the violations. Most other towns have 10 or 15, some have 25. Um, there are some communities that have certain fines that are well above these as well. Uh, the town of Foxborough, for example, has some, uh, you know, higher fines, not sure why, but. Um, and I will note uh, the police recommendation, I think we might have typed in an inaccurate number, but it's certainly up to the EDC to decide. The unauthorized parking column, originally it was $15, and I believe the police were recommending 25. We had talked at previous meetings before of possibly 50. Mm -hmm. um, I do want to note, and I think the Chief and Lieutenant Riley will speak to this, these, these violations then would be in effect town-wide, not just uh, for one street or one neighborhood. Right. So, right. um, so I just wanted to point that out. There must have been, we might have had a miscommunication on the unauthorized parking, but just for the record, the police did recommend jumping that from 15 to 25. And um, and then I mentioned to the chief, well then it's up obviously to the EDC, we can talk about, you know, if you can deliberate about what you might want to do and how important this is. Um, I'm sure the chief or Lieutenant Riley might have some other items to add as well. Chief? Uh, thank you. Uh, yes, uh, Lieutenant Riley did the, most of the running around, did a fantastic job collecting all those uh, parking uh, fine citation books from all the people he knows from other departments and his picture. Um, so we're, we're, we're looking to go, most of them are a little bit above maybe what some of them are, because some of them are probably the same way. They haven't really looked at or updated their parking bylaw in 20 years right. uh, or something like that. Um, so I, I would. You know, the, the question is, is, is this is at 20, so improper, basically overtime parking is when you violate the two hour restriction. So it's oh, restricted okay. from okay. 8 o'clock right. in the morning till 2 o'clock in the afternoon, um, and you're there for more than two hours, then that's an overtime, mm -hmm. and okay. that would be the restriction. The unauthorized is basically you're in a no parking zone. So if somebody's going to park on those nice lines that the DPW ends up installing, yeah. then they would end up hitting them not for overtime, but for unauthorized parking. Okay. You know, they're, they're basically parking in a no park. Anywhere where it says like no parking, the side of the street, somebody parks there, it's a $50 ticket. So if, so if you park in a parking 
a parking area that's okay to park in, but you're there when you're not supposed to be there, then that's overtime. More, more than the two hours. More than the two hours, yeah, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. that's 20, That you, you're you suggesting that's 25. Mm -hmm. Going right? with, yeah, going with what the others have, and if you, you know, you, mm -hmm. you, you can obviously end up and then if you go, if you're parking in where you're not supposed to park, like if we have the slut, the stripes put there, then that would be 50. Correct. Okay. I just want to make sure we are all on the same page. And, um, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Oh, um, and then you'll get to it later. But I mean, we, we really don't have any online parking restrictions, uh, and that will be talked about in mm -hmm. downtown main quarter. Um, so we looked at that as well and uh, went with kind of the norm or a little bit above the norm of what the other dozen departments are, are doing or what their bylaws are for the town. Uh, same thing. You know, right now there is no technically overnight parking. Um, we have it in the bylaw, but there's no place where it's posted. Okay. So they're looking to do that. So all these were raised. Anything that was 15 went to 25. Mm -hmm. I think we might have raised the handicap fee to 150 mm -hmm. uh, for people out to park in there. Um, Okay, and then there's like the hydrant, like one from 25 to 50. Yes. Okay. Making a pocket from the fire station so they can't get out 50 bucks and police your worries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll give you the ticket, we'll tow you yeah. an hour. You're like, the, <laughs> yeah. well, you would get multiple things, That's I would think. <laughs> <laughs> right? Lieutenant, um, Lieutenant Riley, would you like to add anything? No, just to add on what Chief said yeah. and what Mr. Helen said, uh, some of the uh, some of the data that I collected from other towns were on the lower side. But I think what you have to take into consideration uh, some of those fines is that they uh, some of those towns that I put in there don't have the sheer volume of traffic that they have, or the sheer volume of parking spaces they have. Uh, so it's hard to compare apples and oranges. It, but uh, I think we're right in the uh, the ballpark where we should be. So. Okay, excellent. Thank you. Does anyone have the, on the the committee have any questions? I think I'd like to you want to hear the public? Some feedback from the public sure. Okay. I've had a chance to review these numbers. Did you guys look at the numbers? Um, yeah, so, can they can they be seen on the Zoom? No. No. So okay. the Zoom is just like kind of. Okay. So right. name and address, and then your comments. Okay. okay. Uh, Gary McIntosh, twenty four East Street. I'm confused because I read the memorandum from Jamie, and it said that the violation will go from fifteen to fifty. Yeah. So, so now we're talking going to 25. Yeah. Uh, part of that was the reality that um, I think in the research that the police did, we found that there really weren't any other communities that had a violation for these categories of $50. Or if there was one, it was the it was the exception to the rule where the overwhelming majority of communities had still $15. Some of them had 10, and some of them had 25. But for a $50 violation for that. Um, very few communities, if any, had any of that number. Um, and the $50 was based off a public conversation that we had had. Um, and there still is the ability, if the EDC and the council want to, they still can put $50 into play. Uh, my, my concern is I'm not sure it's going to be enough of a deterrent. I think Franklin might be a little bit of an unusual uh, com uh, community because we have a college downtown and we have an MBTA station downtown. <laughs> I don't know how many other surrounding towns have that for comparable data. Um, and there's been a car parked in front of my house since Sunday. Hasn't moved. And so part of this is going to be enforcement. And, and I think if we're looking at an effective date, maybe September, 
when the dean students return. And I think we were talking about, well, how do we know it's dean students? Well, we have, they had a, a spring break about a month ago, and there wasn't a car on the street <laughs> for that week, you know, when they were in Tahiti or whatever. So, uh, but I think the enforcement's going to be critical. And I know it's a manpower issue, and I know it's nobody in law enforcement goes into law enforcement wanting to write tickets. I know that. <laughs> it's, not, it's not what they entered that career for. But I don't think it's going to be enough of a deterrent. And, and one last suggestion I have is can we change the bylaw on towing that says it has to be five unpaid tickets to five tickets in a calendar year, whether they're paid or not. If I have moving violations, the RMV, and I don't know all the regulations, but if I get so many moving violations in a certain period of time, not only do I have to pay the fine and the insurance surcharge, but they're going to yank my license for 30 days or whatever it happens to be. So just paying the, the ticket isn't the answer for those who don't want to pay attention. So I'm wondering, can we change the bylaw that after your, your fifth ticket in a calendar year, you can, we can tow your car? I don't know if you can because it's a state law. It's a state law? Yeah, it's not a bylaw. We're basically under the, uh, the Utilities Commission, I believe, is the one that runs anything to do with the towing. What can you charge? We can't charge, you know, towing for, if you're going to tow a car on our behalf, there's a set fee that the tow companies can charge. They can't just charge right. what they want. Right. And it's all codified in, in mass general law. Yeah. Okay. But um, I think another thing that um, the chief couldn't answer is how is it going to be enforced? Like what you have a plan? I think of how you would how you would make sure that these cars actually get their tickets. Like so, like if we're going to do this, then we have to make sure that they get the if the car should that needs to get the ticket should get it. Um, if there's not a ticket person to do it, then I think you have a plan for um, what what the rounds are going to be to do that. Yeah, I mean, Lieutenant Riley runs operations. It, yeah. it would be under the purview of the, uh, the officers that are out there. Uh, you know, he's probably told them time and time again that we're looking for them, you know, to get down there and to, you know, enforce it. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also not just enforcement. You know, we're, we're working with, um, we're working with the public safety of Dean. Uh, you know, Lieutenant Riley can probably expand on it. But there's, there's something coming up very shortly near the end of the year where they're going to be running some different uh, events down there that we're going to be participating in both from a community policing perspective and all that try to get to know everybody you know it's a little late i agree with you it's more something to do in the fall right. um, but we're going to be there for their initial you know in the fall when they all come back to basically hey we're here for you these are the services we offer and by the way don't park on west street <laughs> uh, or the church or whatever else we just raise the prices but we also want to kind of move in a little slower. I mean, there's a lot going on. A lot of college kids still have a lot of issues with the police reform issues and things like that. Yeah. And so we want to kind of go there and instead of just, hey, don't park down there, this, that, the other thing. It's more, you know, kind of show a different side of who we are, you know, yeah. what we're all about. We've been doing a little of that as, as time goes on. And there's a new president coming into the college after 27 years. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's one of the, you know, I'm sure that one of the first things I will talk to them about when I do the meet and greet with the new president We'll be to talk about the parking issues that are going on. See, if, you know, let him know that, or her, whoever becomes the president, that uh, this is probably the one issue that the community probably has with Dean, yeah. uh, or it's the one at least I'm most aware of. Uh, other than that, usually the relationship is is, is pretty solid, you know, with the school. Um, but you can hang on. You know, I know you talked to uh, Ken Carver and 
the sun coming up soon? The sun come up tomorrow uh, with half the, the, the team population and then one uh, meet, meet and greet next week with the second half of the population. And that, like the Chief said, I think it's gonna be a multi-pronged approach of education, putting a face to the name, communication on why we're trying to enforce this, what's a better alternative. Uh, I don't want the ticket to be right out of the gate the first thing that the kids have or the community has with the police department. I think it's better if we globally look at it and say, hey, listen, we tried step one, step two, step three, step four or five would be a ticket. Uh, we want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it's kind of a, an odd situation with uh, coming out of COVID, a lot of those spots at Dean were taken or for COVID testing, I believe. Um, so that took a lot of spots up that uh, people parking on West Street would have had in the campus. So I think the best thing is let this year ride out. Uh, we'll continue to enforce it. Uh, and then next year, we'll, you know, I think there's only probably a month left in Dean, mm -hmm. month and a half. And then we'll, we'll start the oh, Dean with the meet with them tomorrow, next week, and then in the spring for any type of uh, orientation. And lay on some ground rules and try to build some relationships going on. Yeah, I, I love building the relationships. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. It's important for the town, it's important for the school, and the people that live around there. It's really yeah. important for them. And they're going to play a role in it uh, yeah. as well. You know, pick up the phone or something that is that way. Like, give us a call. But I, I, of course, I'm pretty quick. Yeah, you've been great. What I don't want to be is a pain in the you know what. <laughs> so I let that car sit in front of the house for three days. And so, no, but we don't know what we don't know. What if we, know. Yeah. we know about it, we, we can tackle it. What I about think a if it bothers you, then you should. What about a parking enforcement well. person? You used to have one years ago that worked mornings or something. Okay. Uh, well, when COVID, ended up, when COVID ended up hitting and all that, and there was in a majority of what the parking control officer did was enforce the commuter parking that we have down in the commuter lot behind Dean Bank yep. and Ferraris and, and so forth. Uh, and, and of course, we took the meters out, you know, so there yeah. wasn't a lot. You know, there wasn't as much for the person to do when COVID hit. There was nothing, and so at the time, unfortunately, we had a, you know we laid them off. Uh, we laid that person off, and then it just got to a point where there was a few different maneuvers we could do to you know potentially pick up another officer. You know, I mean, we're we're, we're still short. We're yeah. full staffed, which for the first time in five years, next week we will actually be at first staff, wow. full staff, first time in five years. Um, we're short, and that's after adding eight offices in the last six mm -hmm. years. You know, since 2016, um, you know, we need to get to, you know, we, we need five more to basically meet the average for communities that are a similar size, yeah. you know, population and so forth. Uh, and I know exactly where the five are going. I'm not just asking five because I want to be the average. Uh, but they need to go to operations so that we, you know, for a number of different reasons. Um, so to, to hire a part time pocket control officer for, you know, just I wouldn't want to do it right now until it was, you know, let's see what goes on. We're also looking to see what ends up happening with the with the people. Are the people going to go back to work? Are, are the lots going to be full? I mean, the T lots themselves aren't even half you know, right. full right. now. With people still doing everything from home. Um, no, you know, normally we our parking uh, permit lottery uh, basically was a waiting list, and now we have four people that are basically you know getting a, a thing for that. We're we're actually looking at what can we do with even the parking lots if the new reality is that people are not going to be parking, jumping on the tee, and heading into Boston or somewhere else to go to work. Um, so I think it would be premature uh, right now to, to you know, look at picking up a part-time you know, parking control officer. What about a volunteer? <laughs> <laughs> How about somebody who's tall and bald? <laughs> <laughs> so you get a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 
I've been able to handle myself up until now. I should say. Yeah. Yeah. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Name is. My name is I live at 59 West Street. Why can't Dean Security have the authority to give out tickets to the students that are parking illegally or too long on our streets? Because it's it's not in their jurisdiction. You know, it's not their jurisdiction. The security. Right around. I see them. They must go by 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 my house at least 50 times a day. Back and forth and back and forth. And I get, yeah, I get that, but I, and I, they stop them. They just don't have the authority to do that. It's just like we can't go into Dean and you know, hey, somebody doesn't have a sticker inside one of the parking lots at Dean and write a citation on behalf of, of, of the college. Um, it's a private institution. The, the street is a public way. They don't work for the town or for the municipality. They work for a private college. Um, as a matter of fact, most of the people you see driving around, they, they're security personnel that work for you know the craft groups, Team Ops is the name of the thing, it's a private security company that they have basically hired to be, they got rid of all of their uh, public safety personnel that were considered police officers. They, they, they went to the same academy that we did and so forth. They got rid of all of them uh, several years back and uh, now there's only three people there with any kind of law enforcement credentials, you know, special state police credentials. No, uh, no I, I hear what you're saying. I'm just, there's no way for them to do it. It's frustrating, I know. Does anyone else have a question? I'm going to ask the chief about West Street, East Street. Do you have any comments? No. In fact, I think it's some great work. I think, I think we're obviously going to hear some pushback from the local businesses downtown and some of their customers coming to complain. But I think one of the things that this may also help is for any businesses, any businesses themselves, who are utilizing these parking spaces for any extended period of time for their employee parking. I think it's one thing we want to try to deter is having the business owners and the employees occupying spaces for any length of their time, not even allowing the customers to come in for the business. That's right. This is one of those deterrents as well. As well as hopefully trying to deter, hopefully, trying to deter the uh, students from staying in any of these parking spaces for an ex extended period of time. I do think that the overnight parking restriction is probably the most significant part. I think that's going to play a big role in keeping anybody from staying in any one parking space for three days. Is if there have been, is that, or that good, his general area? For yeah. Street, East Street, yeah. East Street. That right good? next to no. the five. The East Street. No. Okay. No, it's not. Yeah, the map's a different topic. I know, but right. this is like overnight. Isn't there overnight in here? East Street's not Yeah, that's from the main street. Yeah. yeah. I know. Yeah. So we would be, the thing is that everyone else has to understand that overnight parking restrictions affects everybody. So we have neighbors choose to sit in a parking spot that has an overnight parking restriction, you got to get a parking ticket. Yeah, I don't think the problem with the neighbors. Or I don't think we'll complain about that. <laughs> <laughs> we've had, excuse me, we've had one, Dwayne Rosette, 59 West Street, again. Thank you. <laughs> we had one car, in fact, right now he's parked in front of Patrick's house that was parked on Walnut Avenue for 10 days. That car never moved. I can see it when I sit on the porch. I can see it. I can see all of Westbury. I can see everything. And that car for 10 days sat there and no one complained. No one came down to check. Nothing. That was beside your house. It moves though, doesn't it? it yeah, <laughs> 10 days. Yeah. 
Councilor Sheridan, do you have anything to add? Uh, Any questions? Not this time, no. Okay, Councilor Trangillo. Sure, can you, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Awesome, well, I, I think this is a great presentation. Um, I, I think I would lean toward the, the higher fines. I don't think 50 is uh, unreasonable and, and I'm not particularly compelled by the fact that other communities are, are lower, you know, we're, we're dealing with our own issue and, and we know that a, a higher number is going to deter, especially if we're not able to um, enforce at the same rate as, as we would want. Um, on the piece of enforcement, I don't think that we actually need uh, that, that much uh, more personnel there to be enforcing, especially with a higher fine. But I do think that there's a level between a volunteer and an officer that there could be merit in um, looking into it at some point. I'm not sure if it's needed now, but I would imagine that um, for a lot less money to the town, uh, we can pay someone that his job is to, to look at uh, you know parking regulations. Okay, all right, thank you. Thanks, Bill. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering, is it possible to get a, a number where neighbors could call more directly to call the main number and try and explain it? Well, you mean to the police? Yeah, because you know, I think a lot of people, they, they call, they don't want to call the emergency, obviously. Then they, they could call and maybe explain that. I mean, they can call the regular, the one two one two line. Yeah, and, and then ask for the desk officer. Okay. And on that, it's going to go directly to the desk officer. Yeah. Then can, you know, go over to the end of the sector car and say, okay. okay, you swing by. Okay. No, that's how it will work okay. right now. You know, don't okay. call 911. No, it doesn't matter. You just go call the 512 number. And then, the you know, the mech will answer the phone, but then they'll, you know, just say, hey, I'd like to talk to, you know, the desk officer about a parking issue, which more often than not, they're just going to send it down to the desk officer. Right? Mm -hmm. right. And then the desk officer will be able to, uh, you know, call over the air, ask the second car to swing by yeah. and, and check it out. Okay. Councilor Jones? Just a quick comment. Would it be of any benefit, would it be any benefit to create a penalty schedule that would be first offense, second offense, third offense, with incremental fee increases based on those, or based on those offenses? Would it be, would it service any benefit to have a first offense and A, second offense, B, their offense C, and that way for those who are repetitive ticket getters, their their offensive fee will increase based on their whatever level of offense they have. I, I don't think there's much room left on the ticket book uh, to put any more information. And the second thing, it would be hard to track that information as to a different officer and a different chef running the park. Okay. I'm trying to access that. Yeah. How would he know? What type of database would you be able to access that, that information from? Mm -hmm. Logistically. Yeah, we just we don't have a software thing right now. Yeah. And if the MDT happened to not be working in the car, then they wouldn't have the access to the computer to be able to, you know, access. I mean, right now the tickets end up coming to the station. Mm -hmm. um, there's there's a minimal amount of data entry on our part, and then it goes down to the treasurer's office, uh, you know, and so forth. And then we don't know if then you'd have to have the reverse being if somebody wanted to appeal the ticket. And the treasurer's office decided at first offense yeah, the second. Well, no, we're, we're going to exonerate for it because they said that you know something serious happened, something like that, which you know because we don't get involved in that. Right. You know, uh, just like with motor vehicle 
moving violations, we don't get involved with the appeals. We might show up to give on a side, but it's a clerk magistrate that then you know, weighs the balance and makes the decision. Mm -hmm. The treasurer does the same thing. Um, so then it wouldn't be, you know, how do they, when would they get that out yeah. to make sure that it's not, now it's not a second offense because mm -hmm. they got exonerated from the first. So it's really a software issue, you know, of being able to um, access the data mm -hmm. timely while you're there, you know, trying to figure out, mm -hmm. uh, you know, on that particular license plate, how often have they received the ticket. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Good question. I'm just curious. Well, I, would, I, would I wanted to know that, that too. I, I just, and I understand logic, logistics yeah. are always a difficult thing to do. Yeah. Um, my, my only point was, is just that I think it has, gentlemen's point over there, is that eventually we have to make it, you know, unfavorable. Yes. For repeat offenders, as they continue to take up parking spaces for long periods. Thank you. Uh, Marie Crandall, 35 East Street. Um, I don't know what the parking situation is for overnight during a storm, and I know winter's over, but our big problem was the cars parked there overnight, getting plowed in, and then up our street being a mess afterwards when they try and get their car out, and it's really bad. And I didn't know if that you're going to be meeting with Dean next year or whatever, if you could bring that to their attention when you're going to say don't park here. Can you tell them how our policy is for over, no overnight parking or in a storm? Or why isn't why aren't these cars being towed during the storm? And one other thing, when they get the tickets, they get thrown in the back seat. They don't even look at them. So I, I don't know. If they, and we find them in our backyards. So I don't. I imagine raising the prices might help, but I don't even think they even look at them or pop them in the table, to be honest with you. I mean, if they don't pay them, you know, and they haven't asked for an appeal and it goes past the 21 days on three yeah. different tickets, then we're able, you know, basically it goes on to what's called the tow list, and then we can go and can tow the vehicle. How many do they have to have before it gets three. on the tow? Three. 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 I think the RMV also holds up any yes. rules. So yeah, that's, that's the Even if they're out of state, does it matter? Registration. Yes. It does? Yes. There is reciprocation. Yeah. And state. as far as the towing in the storm, do, why, why, why aren't they towed in the middle of the storm? If the DPW called and asked us, you know, to, you know they we, have we'd, to. We'd, we'd, yeah, we'd debate, you know, we'd basically go and take a look at it and see if it's something or, you know, maybe we try, most likely what we would do is we would try to find an individual that owns and say, can you come out and move it? Um, but we're not 100% on, you know, where all the cars are that might be out on the road. And the bylaw is, if there's significant, you know, if there's snow imminent within, you know, the 24 hour period that you can't park. It's not a right. specific. Right, we can't park, right. but yet they, they're out there. It's not a specific ban like it used to be where it was, right. you know. All the time. Yeah, no. overnight parking. Nor is it posted, which is a, a difficult thing as well. Can you, could you put that down in your notes to speak of that? <laughs> That's a good idea. Well, will you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. Okay, thank you. I think, um, I think Lieutenant Riley did a great job. This has a lot of, um, $15, $15 is obviously too little, I think. Um, one of the things that I sort of lean towards a higher overtime parking fee, um, because to me it seems like this is the major problem that we have. It's like the thing that everybody complains about. And so we have to 
try to stop it somehow. And if a fee stops it, I don't, I don't know what's really going to stop it. More signs, a higher fee, um, definitely $15 doesn't stop it at all. Um, so I don't, I think maybe we, we need to think about, do we want to raise the 25 to 30 or do we want to just leave it at 25, see what happens? Uh, quick, quick question. Yeah. What's the frequency of ticketing that we can do? So if there's a fence for Novatech parking, is it once a day, twice a day, what's, what's the limitations on submitting or, or giving these overtime parking? Well, I think it depends on the call volume of the day, pulling the officer away from uh, more pressing calls to do something like that. And, and, and right now, I think that the guys do a pretty good job of going up to two or three times a week. And, and, uh, I think our staff to reflect that within the amount of tickets we've written over the past few months. And we'll continue to do that. To add to that, I would say it's probably it's once a day because if you're it's a two hour, it's a it's an over two hour yep. uh, parking and if you get the ticket then you know and you're running from eight to two. So I mean if you happen to go by right at eight o'clock, you can go by again after ten or eleven. You're gonna run out of time and basically go back there again mm -hmm. and end up hit them for you know subsequent two hours violation between here and there. Uh, and if they move the car, even to that's, space, that's, that's, that's allowed, you know, so I mean, even if you're, you could be there and then end up moving the car. And then, you know, so typically they're going down, if I was going down there, I'd take a picture. Then I come back two hours later and I look at what I took a picture of and if the car's still in the same spot, then I feel comfortable I can tag it. But if it's a couple spots away, then technically they moved it. Even one spot, right? We, yeah, I mean, it was one spot away. Yeah. And to the end of the, the chief point, that particular officer who sees the initial violation is the only one to can write the second violation. So if we have to, we have oh. to see those. So. <laughs> think of that. So much information. I didn't think of that. I always text the pictures to the other officer. Uh, uh, yeah. Somebody else out there. This is what I saw at eight. Yeah. You know, and then they could take a look and then end up going. It's either that, it's a lot easier than writing them all down and then trying to remember where they're at. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think we should decide if we want to send it to the, I think this is great that we have a, the fees are up. I think, you know, I've heard some people that they don't want the overtime to be too high. Um, I just, I want to know what you, what the committee thinks. Oh, there's somebody yeah, on. There's somebody else. Okay, we'll go to them. Tracy's um, and to um, to think about, should we send it like this to the council, or do we want to change that number? So you guys think about that. Well, um, who is it? Tracy's Tracy iPhone. Tracy iPhone. Um, can you give us Hi. your name and address, please? Sure, Melanie. It's Tracy from the Little Shop of Olive Oils at Five Main Street. Yep. Can you hear me? Um, I can um, hear you, but we have to strain a little. All right, sorry about that. Um, I will yell. Um, basically, I just had a question about, have you guys thought about the impact to private parking? And do you think there will be spillover into, say, for example, at 5 Main Street, we have private parking there. Do you think the... Um, offenders might choose to start parking in private lots? Uh, that's a good question. I don't know if have we... I think, um, I would do we know the history of that, Chief? 
just as far as private lots go, I didn't hear what the first thing uh, that she had. You think that will it push people into private lots? Will it force people to go into private property? Yeah, well, I believe that some people have gone. Some of the people who have been ticketed regularly have decided to go into private parking lots because I've heard over the air or we've gotten uh, messages from the MEC that basically says, you know, uh, Rockland Trust is is uh, having a private tow company tow a car out of their lot that's been there for a couple of days or, or right. the same area as Paisonis. I mean, as long as it is posted correctly, um, you know, that, you know, violators will be towed, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's the expense of the private company. We can't go in there and tow off of private property. Um, but you can end up having the person towed if they're violating, um, you know, the right. restrictions as set have, on the side of the building. It has been, it has been done by the landlord previously. Uh, I guess my question would be, at what tipping point does he say I'm not going to tell anyone going forward because it's too costly for me, and then it impacts our little business. Owners of the yeah, cars Jello, what do you do? You think we should send it as is to the council? I'd, I'd still vote for fifty. I, I think that we're. 50, 50 I, I've not been compelled that uh, a lower fee is going to, um, you know, have any real equity impacts or, or you know have any real positive impacts. I'm not seeing that. Um, we're trying to deter uh, bad parkers, and um, fifty dollars is affordable by all, but uh, certainly doesn't dent and deters um, poor behavior. So uh, I, don't, I don't see a compelling reason to go anything less than that this moment. But I'm not gonna not gonna die on that hill. I think Councilor Frangillo asked for 30, for, for 50. For 50. Um, it was really, yeah, it's not, I mean, I, I mean, I would like to send this to the council so that we we just say this is what we discussed, and then we vote on it at the full council. Madam Chair, I'd like to make a motion to move um, the proposed bylaw amendment with the, with, with the current list of fines adjusted um, to the full council for continued discussion. Um, there's been a motion. Do I have a second? Second. All in favor? Um, I know. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to do a roll call vote. Um, Kobe, Councilor Frangillo, did you hear what um, the motion was? Yeah, we're, we're moving it as as is. Yes. As is to the council for, for further debate. All right, all right. Throw me down as a 
as a nay, so they know there's still further debate. Okay. Um, Councilor Jones? Yep. Councilor Sheridan? Aye. All right, well, I, I'm actually going to say no, too, so... Um, you can't move it forward. We can't. Well, I want to. All right, well, I'm. Right, right. It can always be adjusted. Six or not doesn't. I know, but this is making motion to make it. Uh, All right, there's another motion. All right, make it move it up to thirty-five. Okay, I have a motion to move it up to thirty-five. Move, move what up to thirty-five? We have the overtime, overtime parking. Motion to move overtime parking up to thirty-five. Find find the thirty-five. That needs to be crossed out when we turn right to thirty-five. Yep, I got it. Okay. Now, sir, discussion on that. Um, I think Kobe seconded. He did. And all right, so. Um, no, no, no second, no second. Is there a discussion on that? Discussion. A discussion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Discussion. I, I, I'm just, I'm missing what the argument is for anything less than fifty. Uh, what? It, Go ahead, Councilor Jones. All right, just for our fellow councilors, every, everyone that's listening, regardless of the fee amount that we set tonight, this number is still open to be debated and changed at the full level of the council per debate from the full council, regardless of what we post tonight. So whether it's 25 or 50, leaving this, the, the EDC meeting, it can still be negotiated to a different fee. Follow me? Uh, I, I, I get that it won't be, uh, or at least it's less likely to be. And also, and also, like it's our job to put together the best policy and recommend the best policy. Uh, I get that oh, it can be changed, but, but uh, okay. we're still trying to put together the best policy, and I don't see any reason why it should be anything like at this point. Uh, I'm waiting, waiting for that that reason. Uh, so, Kobe, this is Mel. Um, I think the re for me the reason is that a lot of business owners don't like a higher fee. I mean, they want they want it more than 15, but they don't want it 50 because they don't want to scare scare the people away. All right, so um, we want to raise the fee, and I I always I think higher too, but I'm listening to the businesses and they want it to be they don't want it to be 50, and so. Um, this is sort of a compromise, and I think that's what we're supposed to do here, is to, um, to have a compromise um, between what everybody thinks is right. That's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I've been, I've been missing that narrative. There are multiple uh, business owners that are really concerned about um, uh, bad parkers being regular business goers and then <laughs> giving up on uh, downtown Franklin because they got a ticket. Uh, if, if, if that's compelling, then I could go to 35. Um, I, I don't fully buy it, but uh, I'm happy to do 35. Stephen Pacini, Pacini Shoe Store, 22 Main Street. And Kobe, um, the, the issue has always been that delicate balance with the downtown business owners where um, you know, you, you want to encourage people to come down, but you don't want to, um, you know, prevent them from coming or being discouraged if they're going to stay a few extra minutes when they go into a, a place for like a, 
you know, a $20, you know, pair of heels and then come up and kind of get a $50 ticket. Um, so I think that's really been, been the issue for the business owners. I can only speak really for us, but not, not for everyone, you know, I, I can't really say, but I think over the years that's really been the, the primary concern. No, that, that's huge, Mr. Pizzini, thank you. Uh, yeah, I, I, two hours seems like a long time to, to, to buy heels, but... Uh, so there's an open motion on the floor for 30 to change for 35 to change the 25 to 35 for the overtime parking no I, just, I just want to keep it the way it is for now and just move it up as it is it's, it's semantics. This is going to go over the anyway. We're just going to keep. We're just going to keep debating it back and forth. Oh. Uh, I, Ma Ma just, I just me. don't see the no. logic. So much. Somebody's okay. trying to talk. Wait. Okay, Lisa. Piana. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I. Name and address, please. Lisa Piana, Six Matthew Drive, representing the Franklin <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize. There was no way of me raising my hand some reason on my computer I don't have that uh, little hand that goes up so I apologize for cutting in and I know that the meeting's going to end but um, I've talked to a lot of businesses I'm not sure how many um, Kobe you've talked to but um, if you raise it to 50 there's going to be a lot of businesses very upset we have so many new businesses now that you can actually come downtown and spend over two hours. You could spend an hour at the bakery and then go down and buy a pair of heels, as Mr. Bassini said, and then go to uh, the bookstore. And there's your two hours, and then you're gonna give me a $50 ticket. I'm, not get, I'm glad I'm not getting those phone calls. Um, you need to communicate too with bigger signs, flyers that go to the businesses. Um, before any change is made, so that's all I have to add. Jamie, Dude, thank you, Lisa. Uh, I, I firmly understand where Lisa's coming from, and I think I agree with her that the sticker shock uh, might jump off uh, the paper at people. On the same end, I also know the next agenda item, and all of you have heard complaints from people who park in downtown spaces all day. So if you want to have people, a rotation of cars coming in on Main Street and East Central Street, at some point there has to be some sort of balance to, to encourage people to move and not park there for four hours or five hours or whatever. And the only reason why we're proposing even, this is even before anybody, right. is because after 20 years, we've realized that there are some parking problems in downtown because there, there are unfortunately some scaff laws who just decide they're gonna break the rules. And so we can't have illegal parking all the time and cheap fines. Thank you. Thank you, Jamie. No, oh, I see a hand up. Is that Roberta? Yep. I can't really see, she doesn't. Yeah, I think you're on mute. Yeah, you're on mute. Uh, yep, I got it. Yeah. Sorry, I was on one. I don't know where his hand button is. 
So obviously we've been talking about this for a long time. As Lisa said, your meeting's about to end, and uh, I've been following along with this. And you know, we talk so many times and we say we don't have a parking problem in Franklin downtown, and the truth of the matter is we don't. The problem is we have scofflaws, as Jamie just said, who take it upon themselves to park for extended periods of time. These are the people that are, that are causing the problem. Tell them. Don't raise the, the fines for everybody else. Tell them. How many times do you get told before you finally light dawns and you decide, perhaps I should seek an alternative um, you know, approach here? You know, these poor businesses, we've been, how many years has it taken us to get some really good people in downtown Franklin? This will not go over well, and I, I understand it, and it, it's frustrating. I mean, gosh, you know, park your car down the street and do a little bit of walking if we could just get that message. But if you do decide to go up, I understand it, but as Lisa said, you need to um, make sure that the education is done for the community or you'll be getting more phone calls than you can get to, I'm sure. Thank you for listening to me. By the way, 1 Green Street, Franklin, that's me, you know. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Roberta. Gary, have, did you have one more? Well, uh, probably too complicated. I was wondering if there could be a separate uh, fine for the businesses. We're 140. So you have a separate schedule of fine for the businesses and a separate one for the residences. Pretty easy. It's a Route 140 stretch, right? Um, Just a thought. Jamie? Yeah. Madam Chair, I, I, I think I would... I would think that that would be equally as confrontational as, as much as anything else, where you're now setting up different sections of people, and I think we've heard from a variety of sector of folks, from the business community to the nonprofit groups to some citizens to some business owners. Uh, I can assure you that probably the lack of the inaction is probably going to cause the problem to continue. So mm -hmm. I think it's probably just best if, if we just pick a number and just hopefully. Just see how it works out. Okay, um, thank you for that, Jamie. And I, you know, I'm starting to agree <laughs> um, that, you know, Lieutenant Riley put this list together. Um, let's let's go with this list and to the full council. And, um, oh, do we have to vote no first? Yeah, we have an open motion. Okay, so we have an open motion to change um, to 35. So um, I'm going to do a roll call vote. Uh, Council there was Sheriff. no second. I think there was a second. I thought everybody seconded. Yeah, there was a lot. Well, there was. Uh, I, I, the first piece I heard was from Kobe, and he was asking it for discussion. There was not a second. I didn't hear a second. Someone no, I second. You made the motion. No, he actually made the motion. Yeah, I said I'll second. You can't discuss it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. So um, there's a motion to change the 25 to 35. I'm going to take a roll call vote. Um, Councilor Jones? No. Councilor Sheridan? Aye. Do you want to change it? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Councilor Frangillo? Yes. Really appreciate the business input on that. Um, and uh, Chair votes yes. So now we want to say do we move this forward? Yes. 
That was part of the original. Is that the? That, that's right. It's ended we, at 35. It's an overtime. And we push it for, and it goes. Yeah, yeah. we'll follow the move to the comments. Okay, all right. We have to do another one, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> As a motion. I would accept the motion to move the um, parking fine as amended to the full council. Uh, Councilor Frangillo? Yes. Councilor Sheridan? Yes. Councilor Jones? No. Councilor <laughs> Chair? Yes. <laughs> okay. That was fun. <laughs> All right. So that we'll have further discussion on that as full council, I am sure. <laughs> we have um, 10 minutes for the next agenda item. The downtown main corridor parking. Okay. Madam Chair, uh, really quickly, if folks notice, uh, based on again a series of uh, feedback, why this is even here, uh, some feedback from some downtown business owners. I will note that the feedback has come from many of the business owners on East Central Street and Main Street only. Uh, there is no parking right now on the other half of East Central Street, so people don't have to worry about that. If folks look at the map, you will see a couple of uh, purple zones on the left, which used to be eight to two for Monday through Friday. Again, as the chief alluded to earlier, these zones were all put into place to deal with commuters and commuter parking. Mm -hmm. And then um, there's a little section of purple on the East Central Street near Summer as well. If you forward over to the proposed, you will see a new zone uh, of 10, 9, 8, excuse me, 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Mm -hmm. uh, two hour parking Monday through Friday. Uh, with a very rare, uh, or first of its kind, no overnight zone, known as the Main Street uh, Business Corridor. Um, and again, the only goal, well, I should say the main goal here has been to try to get a rotation of traffic and parking every couple hours. Uh, working with the Chief Lieutenant Riley, we thought because the restaurants are open, some of the businesses, at least 10 o'clock, is fair. Uh, most restaurants are closed by then. Uh, at this point in time, anyways, I know a couple more are open, and then there is no uh, overnight parking mm -hmm. uh, uh, Monday through Friday only. Great. Right. Um, does anyone have any questions about this proposal? Lisa, do you have, Lisa Piano from the Downtown Partnership, do you have any uh, anything you'd like to talk, say about this? Any questions? I don't have the proposal in front of me, so I, I, I can't comment. I don't, I didn't see that. She does have the proposal in front of us. Okay. I, I don't know, I, I didn't know there was uh, an attachment uh, on that. Is it on the, is it on the agenda? It's attached onto the agenda. Uh, yeah, I don't have a comment. Um, I guess my only comment is um, that I wish um, somebody from the committee would have attended the um, general meeting to uh, present some of this and to to talk to. You know, we had I think over forty businesses on our last meeting, and it would have been nice to have you know input from individual businesses. Um, I can't speak for all of my members, but um, again, I think communication is key to whatever um, the committee des decides and whatever the town council decides. 
Okay, thank you for that input. Anybody else have any? Do you, do you guys have any further updates, Lieutenant Riley, that you want to explain anything about the proposal? Because like you, this is your thing, right? So, I mean, <laughs> your operations, like, um, you think, so this proposal, I'm, I'm sure that you think this will help turn traffic around so that people will be able to park better downtown. Yeah, the, the, the echo of the sentiment's already said, the, the, the downtown parking issue is the, is the delicate ecosystem, if you will, that, that everyone has to do their part and, and participate, the residents, the businesses, and the customers. Mm -hmm. uh, it hasn't been touched in a long time, so I think any move forward is a good move in the right direction. Yeah, okay. Thank you for that comment. <clears throat> I'd like to make a motion to these four comments. Oh, wait, we have... Hi, Marie Crandall, 35 East Street. I just have, maybe I'm reading this wrong, but the yellow is going to be two-hour parking. It is. Now. Yes, yes, it is now. And it wasn't. It was. It was. It was? Mm -hmm. Where was the yellow on the other side? It, it's a new zone. It's, I think it was purple. It, it was purple. It was, purple. It, was, it was part of the purple category from 8 to 2, Monday through Friday, two-hour. Okay. If you look on the left, you'll notice that the purple... Is right there. Yellow. Okay. Where right. the orange is, and it goes to purple over here. So it goes from eight to eight to ten instead of eight to two. That's mm -hmm. correct. Okay. Then mind. Okay. That's okay. You can ask questions. No, I was just going to say I'm putting more burden on the police department because I saw it was yellow, and I I thought that was a new yellow, with more two-hour parking that they would have to. Oh, right. You're right. But if, it's a, if it was already there, then never mind. Okay. Thank you. Well, that's, that's a good question, though. Jamie. Through you, Madam Chair. I mean, essentially, uh, that zone is just being extended eight hours because what people have a tendency to do is at 2 o'clock dump their car, not move, and they put them right in front of the businesses, and then they are there for six hours or overnight. So right. it keeps the rotation going. But it is, in fact, putting more burden on the police department. There's already a huge burden on the police department. And as a cheap plug, I, I think one thing that gets lost in, in a lot of this is there's free parking in the downtown parking lot, 70 spaces, 20 spaces at the Ferraris lot, all free after like 12 or 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So the idea that there's not any parking in downtown is an urban myth. There is so much parking, we don't even know what to do with it. It's just that the issue is people parking right in front of the store that they either work in or they want to visit. And then they don't move after the afternoons or all weekends. And this will hopefully kick up the dust a little bit. Right. Okay. Absolutely. Amy, thank you. Um, I have a question. Okay. Steve Crandall. Name it. Name it. Steve Crandall, 35 East Street. None of these streets are labeled. I'm confused on what streets are what. Oh, the the big the big stripe in the middle that's the train track. Yeah. So and then that's the intersection of the bridge. So what you're yeah. looking at right here is the, the the olive oil company, the Chinese restaurant at the corner, and the parking lot immediately across. So that big wide thing. Is Main Street. Yeah, that's Main Street. Main Street 140. Main Street's the yellow part. That's easier. One Main Street 140. And, and the L is Dean Bank. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay, you were gonna. I'd like to make a motion to move as is to council for further discussion. Discussion. 
Is that Kobe? Yep, it is. Could, um, I have a motion and a second already, though. Well, you can have a discussion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Discussion. Yeah. Okay, uh, Kobe. Sure, yeah, I, I want to appreciate uh, Jamie for bringing this, you know, sort of listening and, and bringing this back to us. And I, I think he touched on the key point, right? There's, there's plenty of uh, long-term free parking. We very much want... Um, people who are willing to stay longer than two hours and, and go to all the, uh, we just don't want them to be on this, the spots right in front. You know, there's, there's a lot for, for those long-term. And so uh, I think it's great. I, I would even push for a smaller, ro uh, a tighter rotation, but, but that's okay for now. Um, my bigger uh, question is, is why not Saturday, Sunday? Why, why do we only do Monday, Fridays on this? I would imagine that we would have the same sort of business rotation parking space rotation issues on the weekends when even more people would be at, at the businesses i would imagine that's a good question toby um i'm gonna let tj answer that no no i i, I think basically most of the time it is during the week um that we kind of noticed it but you know the, the, and Monday through Friday just happens to be what it's always been. You know, where mm -hmm. we get usually Sundays there's no enforcement of parking lines, meters are usually open, you know, and so forth. Um, that's typical. It's okay, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Let me I'll just add that I think one of the also the dynamics is for for a lot of our downtown businesses, the banks and some of the other places that people stop. You know, those are typically business transactions done Monday through Friday, mm -hmm. and so I think Saturday. Uh, to the folks that want to spend three, four, five hours, maybe the Main Street East Central Corridor is a little bit more amenable, where somebody's maybe not stopping in to get a coffee at intermission or a mm -hmm. Birchwood or whatever, yeah. and they're just going in to leave, right? Right, because they're going to work or whatever they get going on. But Saturday, it may be yeah, a little bit more relaxed to keep the flow going during regular business hours, right? Right, and then Saturday, open it up. Yeah, you can stay there longer. Did you hear that, Kobe? I did, yeah. That was helpful. I think we should still monitor uh, the weekends, but I, I do, uh, yeah, less less uh, long-term parking and, uh, on the weekends. Um, I see why that's the case. Um, would, would approve the uh, the motion as this. <laughs> okay. Well, we have to vote. We're going to start to vote. Yeah. So, I, so um, Councilor Jones. Yes. Councilor Sheridan. Yes. Councilor Frangillo. Yes. Uh, chairs, yes unanimous um i would motion. now take a motion, motion. to adjourn um roll call vote for adjournment kobe yes Mrs. sheridan yes. jones yes. chair yes <laughs> thank you everybody we are now producing this in collaboration with franklin tv and franklin public radio this podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. 
The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.